Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. I am so excited about this next guest because she has contributed so much to the culture here in Philadelphia and is doing so again because her play, Lady Sitting, is opening at the Arden. It is going from Wednesday, January 24th, running through February 25th. And if I sound sound out of breath, that's because I ran from the ladies' room, y'all. So it doesn't seem like I'm having an attack here. I just had to catch my breath. But uh, I wanted to... I want to introduce Lorraine Carey. She is the author, the scholar, and the playwright whose lady sitting is now at the Arden or is coming on Wednesday. Hi, how are you today? Hi, hi, I'm doing very well. Thank you. And welcome. You? Welcome to Reality Check. So we were just talking um, on this broadcast about some of the challenges that we face as Black women. And I know in your case, uh, you started off this as a real life experience. You started off this play uh, through a real life experience that became a memoir. So tell us about Lady Sitting and what the uh, genesis was of the memoir turned into the play. Uh, well, the the... Genesis was that when my general Tubman, which was my first play Mm -hmm. at Arden Theater, when Tubman was um, finishing its run, it had been extended a couple of weeks, the shutdown came Mm -hmm. and shut down the last five uh, performances. And Terry Nolan, who runs the Arden and founded it, said to me that some of the, um, that he had given as gifts to some of their board members copies of Lady Sitting, mm-hmm. um, and that the, he had decided or they talked about adapting it to the stage and would I like to do it. The way Terry tells it now is he said everything was closing down and he wanted something in the works new to look forward to for whenever this was over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, sure, I'd be glad to do it um, and had no idea how hard it would be. <laughs> I wondered about that because Lady Sitting is the real life story <laughs> of uh, you becoming the caretaker for your 100 and year, 101 year old grandmother. So tell us a little bit about her and what she inspired in you that uh, started the memoir. Uh, sure. Sure. The, <clears throat> the, the, the real memoir was, it was partly about Nana and her her will and her will to survive and <clears throat> sort of like old black lives matter too, you know, kind of <laughs> but also, um, it was also the fact of the caretaking. So it, the, the memoir includes, um, I had to find out about Nana's early life. I learned so much more. Uh, about the life of her father, whom she always spoke about with pride, but never with specificity. Mm. You know, so I knew she was proud of him, but I didn't know that he had been um, a secretary to George White, who was the last black congressman from North Carolina for 90 years. Wow. That he was the last 
black congressmen in Congress um, for uh, at the, sort of at the end of the Jim Crow period that um, that Barack Obama quoted him to the black um, caucus, congressional caucus, it's saying something like this may be, I think his phrase was, this may be the black man's goodbye to Congress, but we will rise Phoenix-like one day. And Obama read that to the Black Caucus. Um, it was written at the time when my grandmother's father was his secretary and was a very kind of florid writer. He loved to write speeches. Mm. That They had written the first anti-lynching bill. Mm. Never knew any of this. So, so what that person who comes into your house does is they bring all kind. They bring their whole life history mm -hmm. in addition to their medical challenges, the challenges that have always been part of your relationship, whether it was intimate or fractious mm -hmm. or whatever it is, all of that comes into your house, right? All of their needs that keep changing and escalating come into your house. All of the financial strains come into your house um, that affect some people way more than other people. I mean, all of it. That's that's what I was trying to capture in the memoir because 53 million people in America each year are caring for someone in their home. I don't know that there's a breakdown on how it's different in the African-American community versus the mainstream, uh, I'm sure it's not a lower percentage. Mm. Mm. And so you became your grandmother's caretaker, and then that obviously turned into a memoir that turned into a play. What were some of the things that were harder to translate into play form uh, that might have been a little bit easier in when it came to the memoir? Mm. What's hard is that in a play... This play is 90 minutes straight through. It takes about eight hours to read the memoir. So condensing, figuring out what part of the story one wants to tell. I think that's that, that was hardest. When I wrote the first version of it, there were 17 characters. Mm. And it was a two-hour play. It wasn't a 90 um, the same Terry Nolan, you know, who assigned it said to me, if you want it to be like this, at some point we can produce it, but we can't come back from COVID and produce a play with 17 characters. Wow. We, we just can't do that. Um, and I, I understood that. I told him I knew it, but I said, I, I just had to get the damn thing out. And in the meantime, um, my husband had died mm. and he's, you know, he was a real partner mm. in this. Um, and my mother had gone on to hospice. So it was like, oh, Jesus, how, how can I write Bob's voice and, and not just kind of fall apart? How can I make this art? A, a memoir is only good if you're able to take the life, compost it, 
dry it out and spread it over the work. Mm. Nobody wants raw sewage in their book or in their play. It cannot be raw. You have to compost it. So that was it. That was that was the thing was doing what I needed to do to move through the grief. You don't move past it, but through it. Like blues, you take the pain and you make it hard. In any of this process, from the actual life experience to writing the memoir (laughs) and then the play, what was, uh, if there was an overarching thing that you took away, because we always ask this question, like there might be one thing uh, that you took away from it, but if there were multiple things that you took away uh, from this process all the way through um, about aging, about grief, about death, was there anything that you would say that uh, was paramount? For for me as a person, or for me writing in the I would, it, this is we're talking about former content here. <laughs> I would say for you as a person, and then as a writer. Um, I'll tell you when I finished the when I finished the memoir. I said to myself as I was writing it, if you can get through this, I I will allow you, I says to myself, (laughs) to get this thing that I always thought about in Song of Solomon. There's a phrase that says love is strong as death. Mm. And the, the whole Song of Solomon says set this as a seal upon your heart, set this as a seal upon your arm that love is strong as death. And, and I said, you can get it. I decided to get on my arm because I'm a little old for a titty tat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but that was for me, like, is the love strong as death? What, where, where is the love? Where is, where is it real? Where is it love? Like for real, for real, giving and receiving love is that's, we do all of this other stuff. We make money, we make work, we tip to, but at the end, that is, that is it. There's one place in the play where, you know, where the, the Bob character says to Nana, he says, I just want something to hold on to. Mm. And he says, we hold on to love. And I think a lot of us want, want different. We want more concrete. We want wings and a crown. We want guarantees. We want certainty, but for real, for real, what we need is the, is love. Mm. And I think for, for me as a writer, it's been, um, to have the courage to stay with that because, um, Sometimes it doesn't, that seems simple. Um, And to write it well, you have to have the courage to keep going and not try to do something that is uh, smarter, edgier, different. Like just stay stay true to to the self. Stay true to that. Um, When I was writing... I also did it between the two of these, and it may seem like I'm obsessed, but between the two of these, I was learning to write librettos for opera. Mm. 
um, and going to New York three times a week with the American Literary Theater. We have a wonderful program. That's what I was learning. We had to write a recital opera, and I had tried to space them, but it ended up that my editor needed more time, etc. Blah blah blah. So I'm doing the final edit for the book at the same time I'm trying to do this libretto for the opera, and I was also teaching. So my composer said, well, what, how, can, how can we do this new story? I said, I can't. I just, I can't do Dostoevsky. I can't adapt some other novel. I, I'm up to my ears. And she said, well, tell me about this book you're writing. And I told her about Ladies and she said, so, she said she's from Uzbekistan. These, I'm loving these stories. Can you possibly make into short opera for this? And the theme of that opera was, did Nana love us? Or, or, or was it just, or is it really love? Or, or were we just indulged? Because sometimes being indulged isn't the same as being loved. Mm. And for me, I kept thinking about a wonderful memoir about um, Alzheimer's where the, the writer says that we tried to pick up the love every time we dropped it. And it was like that for me. It was like, well, did, did I really love her? Was it just beauty? Um, when I got so frustrated, you know, if you get that frustrated, if you get that tired and that, is that still love? So, so those were, those were my questions. Well, after after that, I guess the only thing that I can say is that folks need to just go out and check out the play and then they will form their own conclusions um, <laughs> about the themes in it. Uh, Lorreen Carey, it is so good to see you and to talk to you. And uh, Lady Sitting opens at the Arden Theater down in Old City on Wednesday, January 24th, and it runs through February 25th. And it's I, been extended. Oh, extend it wonderful. to March 3rd. Okay, yes. wonderful. Okay. So Great. through March 3rd, so you have plenty of time to go and see it at the Arden. And it is starring Trezana Beverly, who is a Tony Award winner, as well as Brian Anthony Williams, who a lot of folks know from all the theater work that he's done, and Melanie Finister, who is also a uh, Philadelphia uh, theater legend. Uh, so you have a great cast and we are all looking forward to checking it out and thank you for being with us on reality check today we appreciate it thank you so much for having me you've been listening to word radio on demand listen live at 96.1 fm 900 am and online at wordradio.com 